0: what's going on you're welcome back to conspiracy fears and mysteries podcast and i'm your old ralphie again i'm all over the place with the uploads i understand that some of you probably get upset at that but got to deal with it man life happens man and you know i'm a one-man band so i know i always got excuses i always got excuses and excuses are like you know what i'm saying how they say it like assholes but anyway so today we're going to be talking discussing or reading about the Hart family murders. Now I did um I think the the last one I think it was the McStay family that I did. There's two family uh incidents, two family drew crime stories in two in, in back to back. That's crazy. I didn't plan it that way. But it just uh one that caught my attention because i don't think i've ever heard of this one and i and i'm you know i follow true crime and murder and all that like royally i follow, i follow it royally i don't know if that's a thing royally but i do i follow it a lot and um this one caught my attention because it is a it was a pretty big family of of uh and there was a lot of kids involved it was two adults um it was a uh, a gay couple, I believe so. It was a woman and her wife and then they adopted like a bunch of different children from all ethnicities and everything. But we're gonna go ahead and read about it. But before before I do, let me give you a little conspiracy. I was watching well, let me talk about a little something. You know, we all going crazy about the coronavirus and stuff and I wanna know what you guys think about it. This corona thing that's going on. Um we discussed it me and my older son and um some friends and stuff and one of my friends that we're always talking about conspiracy stuff and you know i, I was like the typical the basic because now we're at a point where we at basic conspiracy the basic conspiracy behind when things like this happen is that of course government it's always has to do with money and power right so you got the money you got the power right so money and power so you know you're thinking okay maybe it's the government puts these scares out or these viruses out, which they have a cure for, they have some control over, but they say they don't. Oh, look what's happening! This, this, and this, and that. Um, <clears throat> you know, we have no control. Well, we're gonna have to pay these pharmaceutical these pharmaceutical companies a lot of money. We're gonna have to take from the budget so they can come up with a cure. So they, I mean, there is billions of dollars in this. People are dying. People are gonna pay you know so they get these government grants or the government money for research and they start doing their research and people get paid a lot of money some people have to die collateral debt, da- not collateral yeah collateral damage i guess you could say and that's the that's that's the business and i think that stemmed from way back in the days with the um i mean i don't know how far this scam would go i i believe it is a scam i mean Virus comes out of nowhere. Said, "Oh man, we gotta, we gotta pay these companies to come up with a cure." You know, and um, people line their pockets. People start dying. They line their some people line their pockets with money because uh, yeah, we could come up with a cure. Give me, you know, a couple billion dollars. You know, we we split that between some people. This guy gets a hundred million. This guy gets a hundred million. You know, Um, so there's money to be made there. Also, population control and all that stuff. And I know. I mean, this is a conspiracy podcast. So if you're like, oh, God, oh, God, this is great. Let's talk about conspiracies. Then you're in the wrong podcast because it's called Conspiracy, Fears, and Mysteries, right? But um, it that's what I'm thinking about this corona thing. I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. Here we go. Just like they got us with the Zika and the, uh, what was the other one? It was, I think it was another one. I don't remember. Oh, it's in the airport. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know and there's people actually dying from this, you know. But it's crazy. It's crazy how this thing plays out, how it comes out and all that. So but anyway, let's get to business, man. Let's start talking about this Heart Family um the Heart Family murders, man. Let's talk about the Heart Family murders. So again, this is coming from my murder minute app and you can download that at the play store and i believe they have it also for apple podcast or i'm sorry not apple podcast but apple uh uh, what is it the apple the app store the app store and um you can see everything that oh the true crime stories that i do talk about normally come from here but i also have other sources i you know whether it be a documentary that that i saw or something that i read there's multiple sources you know people tend to do sometimes the the same story but they have their own um you know the their own way of telling it well this one is coming from murder minute and again you can download that app in the play store for the app store for app when you can read all the true crime and you get one true crime story every day if you use the free version if you get the paid version they send you you get And and you get it, like, in text, the way that I'm reading it, okay? Um, and I'm reading it to you, and I discuss it, and we discuss it as I read it. Anyway, let's go ahead and start. I'm not sponsored by them, but it's a great app. It's what I use. It's what fuels the podcast, the main fuel of this podcast. <clears throat> so, the Hart family. Around 4.15 p.m. on March 26, 2018... Mendocino County sheriffs were called to the site of a car wreck off Pacific Highway 1 near Westport, California. Police and fire officials arrived at the scene and found a terrible sight. A brown 2003 GMC Yukon XL SUV lay partially submerged and upside down at the base of the Oceanside Cliff. The drop was over 100 feet. Police also observed what appeared to be three juvenile bodies floating in the tide just outside the wreck. As police slowly attempted to use a winch to pull the SUV back off the cliff, they observed two adult female bodies inside the vehicles. Um, and inside the vehicle, I'm sorry. However, as they continued to raise the vehicle, one of the adult bodies tumbled out of the car and back down to the cliff and to the ocean side. So that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty horrific scene already for the people that are, the, you know, the first responders that got there. They're pulling the car off a cliff I mean, I'm sorry, they're pulling the car off of the, um, yeah, from the bottom of the cliff, Oceanside, and this is California, I believe. And um, as they're pulling it up, a body falls out of the car back down to the, I mean, it, it's it's already a bad scene when the car's down there. You already know, well, somebody had to be driving that car, you know what I mean? So let's keep going. After recovering the wrecked car from the crash, the officer searched the vehicle and discovered a vehicle registration and the wallet of one of the adult victims. It appeared the vehicle was registered to Jennifer Hart, the matriarch of the family of six adopted children. Her wife was named Sarah and was determined to be the adult victim in the car. A police later identified Jennifer's body as being the one that fell out of the car during rescue efforts wow okay it was also determined that three bodies floating in the water near the wreck where abigail jeremiah and marcus were abigail jeremiah and marcus Hart. the remaining three children uh sierra hannah and Devonte were still unaccounted for two weeks after the discovery of the crash sierra's body was found floating in the ocean not too far from the crash site oh my goodness Two months later, in May, authorities found a foot washed ashore at a beach a few miles from the wreck. DNA testing later determined that the foot belonged to Hannah Hart. Wow. So, was it a foot? Let me see. It washed a few miles from the wreck. Oh, wow. Hannah Jean Hart. Oh, she was. Oh, wow. She was a young girl. She was young. She looked like she was maybe six or seven. Devante Hart remained the only victim unaccounted for as of this day. He is presumed dead and it's thought that his body may have been swept out to the to the sea. Oh, well, he was young. He was, um, was a kid too. These are all kids. Although, uh, again, it was only two adults. Well, obviously they're all kids. But, I mean, young, really young kids. Although it had taken several months for some of the children to be found, police began their investigation into the Hart family the same night the wreck was discovered i've got a picture over here of the police i've got pictures here uh this is an audio podcast but i've got some pictures here and um you know it's it's crazy i got some pictures but i can't obviously can't put them all up in the podcast unless i do it through youtube what they uncovered was even more heartbreaking and sinister than what would have already been a horrific accident one of the first teams on scene after the initial discovery of the crash was the California Highway Patrol's multidisciplinary accident investigation team, MAIT or MITE I guess might. The first thing that they noticed was a lack of skid marks at the scene. Initially, police thought that they may have been due to the fact that the brakes failed, so there was no skid marks, which indicated, of course, if this you know that they didn't slip off the cliff. They you know they didn't like try to stop and. You know the, the the car failed, and there was no there was no markings where they tried to you know swerve or anything. Because believe it or not, police use a lot of um, of uh, uh, tire marks when it comes to investigating certain crimes, certain uh, you know s- situations. Or um, a lot of times, a lot of a lot of people have been caught due to tire marks. Tires, man, I am, I am blowing into this mic tires have their own um you could say you could say tires are kind of a car fingerprint you know what i mean i've seen cases where that have been solved just because of a tire mark a certain tire is sold here they don't sell this kind anymore blah 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 they have people that specialize in that it's crazy we were talking about that last night again i have another picture here of the cliff the ocean side where um the car was originally. I'm going to try to put one picture, maybe of the whole family as the main picture of the podcast. Investigators also also determined that Jennifer was the one driving the vehicle. <coughs> MAIT mate also, anal- um, um, I'm sorry. also analyzed the vehicle's black box and found that the vehicle had come to a complete stop at the gravel lot about 75 feet from the edge of the cliff. I didn't even know cars had black boxes. Well, this is a... Oh, wow. Oh, that. Okay, okay, okay. I thought it, Well, yeah, I guess it's the the same as the uh, black box in a plane. Only this isn't recording voices. It's just recording the actions of the car. It stopped. It went. It went this speed, you know. Wow. Okay. And in the, in the accelerated... It then accelerated off the cliff without the brakes ever being applied. When the car impacted the cliff bottom shoreline dust, the needle was stuck at just over 90 miles per hour. Wow. Digital forensics also revealed suspicious information regarding Je- Jennifer's wife, Sarah. While the SUV was driving around the Mendocino County area in the hours before the crash, Sarah was searching on her phone about how to overdose on Benadryl, an OTC allergy and sleep medication. She also searched... To see how how much Benadryl would be needed to kill someone, her weight, and if dying by drowning and hypothermia would be painful. Sarah also searched for if there were any ways to if there were any no-kill shelters in the area. No-kill shelters. I hate California. They've got like the they've got like the 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 when it comes to killing. Like I mean, Florida's weird. Okay, yeah, I live in Florida. Florida, you know, you got Florida man thing but you got florida's weird and but california seems like it's like the serial killer or like the like the murder capital or like the murder murder university like that's what california is murder university if you want to get a degree in murdering and all that crazy you go to california and you get it and then you go somewhere else and do it interestingly interestingly enough the Hart family dog that normally traveled with the family was never found however I'm only laughing because, like, the dog rarely gets hurt. However, no shelters reported taking in their dog either. A few weeks after the crash, investigators found the car's Garmin GPS, which detailed the route the SUV had been on before the accident. One of the stops showed that the family had stopped at a Walmart and Sarah had purchased a bottle of Benadryl. The active ingredient in Benadryl is diphenhydramine, diphenhydramine. Diphenhydramine. Which is the antihistamine? A toxicology screen on Jennifer's heart on Jennifer Hart found that she didn't have any Benadryl in her system, but that she was legally drunk at the time of the crash. Although Jennifer rarely drank, it was found that she had consumed around five drinks before the crash. Sarah was found to have high levels of Benadryl in her system, around the equivalent of 105 milligrams or 42, 25 milligram pills, which is enough to be fatal. The three juveniles. Bodies that were found on day one of the investigation were also found to have high levels of Benadryl in their system. Marcus had the most, having consumed the equivalent of 475 milligrams or 19 25 milligram pills. Jesus, man, she gave it to the kid. What? I, I, I got to see what happened. The recommended dose of Benadryl is only 2550 milligrams and more than that can cause psychoactive effects. It is sometimes abused for its recreational effects, and users report that some of the effects of higher doses include auditory and visual hallucinations, dysphoria, dry mouth, rapid heartbeat, and delirium. Everything they name there is a uh, druggy teenager's dream. Sad. Um, wow. Being intoxicated on this drug is often described as a very terrifying and disorienting experience. During the children's autopsies, it was also discovered that all of them were very malnourished and only Marcus weighing more with only Marcus weighing more than 100 pounds. Wow, man, this is like, I'll get to what I'll say later. Abigail was also found to have bruises on her backside uh, that were recent but not caused by the accident. Although the crash happened in California, it was determined that the Hart family had actually originated from Woodland, Washington, which is several hundred miles away from the crash site. When police uh, searched the family home in Washington, they found it very odd. The place was extremely neat and very sterile. There were no items in the house, such as games, posters, toys, or other personal belongings that would have been used by children or teenagers. There were also no family photos. Although there were picture frames hanging on the walls, the frames were all empty. Only Jennifer and Sarah's rooms were decorated. That's I, I'm looking at a picture of the rooms right now, and showing the rooms decorated. It looked very nice, and you know, very nice. Additionally, Jennifer had boasted on Facebook about her family's vegetarian, organic diet, and that the fact that they didn't own or watch TV. Why? uh Because somebody who's a vegan or vegetarian. Why? Why? Why are they so righteous? Like, why do they feel like they're so righteous? Like people who, are, people who are vegetarian don't own a TV. They just well, I'm a vegan. <laughs> like I don't know. I did the vegan thing for a while, man, and I don't know. It just I felt empty. So, <clears throat> however, investigators later found the fridge stocked with meat and processed food. <laughs> they also found a large. That's I'm not laughing about the burgers, obviously. I'm laughing about the I'm vegan, and then you got all kinds of meat in there. They also found a large flat-screen TV in the living room. Holy crap! She lied on Facebook, bro. Wow. Yeah, they got a flat screen. They look like they got. It looks like a gaming chair, game system. I'm looking at a picture of the living room. It was also determined the family had left in a hurry. All the pets, other than the family dog, had been left behind, along with the family suitcases and toiletries. A piece of brick wall near the driveway had also been knocked over, indicating that the family had been in such a hurry they reversed into into it as they were leaving. And financial investigation into the family also revealed they had money troubles and were in debt. Jennifer was unemployed and Sarah who was a manager at Coles only made 45,000. The family also received around 35,000 annually in adoption subsidies for their kids. This was nowhere near enough to cover the 375,000 mortgage on their home and their or the 20000 in credit card debt they had amazed. The, uh, the last one, the last anyone had heard from the family was two days before the crash at around 3 a.m. on March 24th, Sarah texted a co to say she was sick and wanted to be in the next morning. Later in the morning, neighbors noticed the family's SUV was no longer parked in the driveway. Oh, they had a Tahoe. They had a, uh, yeah, the um, Suburban. Uh, Sarah Hart was seen as a good employee by coworkers and managers but it was reported that she seemed stressed out and gloomy in the months prior to her death she confided in a work in a coworker and told her she regretted adopting six kids she also told this coworker that Jennifer would often spend whole days in bed crying and that the kids had mental health problems Jennifer and Sarah met in 1999 while they were attending Northern State University in South Dakota although Sarah graduated with a bachelor's in education jennifer dropped out in 2004 they bought a house in alexandria minnesota by 2005 they were licensed as foster parents the six children the six children the hearts would end up adopting came from two separate families both from texas marcus hannah and abigail were adopted in march 2006 and the remaining three Devonte, jeremiah and sierra were adopted in 2008 and it was a Very mixed family. I mean, they were white and black. I don't know if they were Spanish, but they were all mixed. It wasn't like just all black, all white. Very uh, interracial. By September 2008, the first of several complaints were made to child protective services by teachers at the children's school. Hannah and Abigail were both seen eating out of the garbage bins and stealing food from their classmates. Both girls had also suspicious bruises and said Jennifer had beaten them with a belt. Child Protective Services investigated the claims but took no action as they didn't find any proof. Jennifer and Sarah both claimed the bruises were caused by accidents. They also said the kids had food issues due to pre-adoption trauma. I could see the food issues. I mean, I could, you know, these are kids that were adopted. They probably came from a home where they actually were. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is here, but where they actually were abused or where they were abused also I don't know and um you know that when you adopt a child you got to understand you're going you're adopting everything that comes with it you're not just adopting a body and a child you're adopting everything that comes with the child mentally and uh, behavioral you know his his or her behavioral issues and you got to take that into consideration adoption is something that's really um you got to really take into you got to really be responsible and really really be dedicated you have to dedicate a lot of your time to i'm i don't want to i hate to say make it sound like this but fix a broken child and this is not most of the time you're not getting these children when they're babies where you can raise them your way you have to kind of break them down from old habits or, or an old situation that the kid was in and then build them back up to, you know, whatever, however your morals or your, your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like your, ah, you, you know what I mean? However you are as, a, as an adult, you know, you're a good person, you maybe, I don't know, you go to church, you, this, that, whatever. You, you know, you're building them up to have values. Your values, that's what I meant. All right. School officials eventually stopped calling Jennifer and Sarah about the food issues because they were afraid that it would lead to a children being punished at home. In November 2010, the school again reported that heart the heart parents of her child abuse and neglect as they found Abigail had bruises on her abdomen, back, and buttocks. According to her, Jennifer had spanked her with her fist, held her head under cold water in the bathtub and punished her. Oh, that's crazy. The punishment was allegedly because Jen had found that Abigail had a penny in her pocket, believed she had stolen it. A penny. When CPS re-interviewed the children, they spoke of often being grounded and spanked. According to Abigail, being grounded meant that the child had to stay in bed all day and miss out on lunch and dinner. Doctors examined Abigail who was six at the time and found that she was the size of a two year old oh my god he's a you do know, he's a he's a thing that's funny it's not funny but he's the thing that's uh i find very strange over here um what is what is a normal size for a kid you know doctors over here would say uh, in this case it was a kid was six and um you know apparently i don't know if they were really vegetarians but the kid was six but he had the appear to be a look that he was the size of a two-year-old right i mean she was the size of a two-year-old well i worked a lot overseas okay i've done i've spent many years in different countries working and for example um in the middle east and in africa too i saw the same thing uh where people eat more naturally uh is and i'm not talking about kids that were hard hungry and starving i'm talking about just people who had homes and you know family just ate naturally they weren't rich but they just ate more natural um you know off the land i I met a lot of people that lived off the land you know they had and um the children when i i I would see the children i'd be like oh look at this kid he's he's five right and they're like no this kid is nine or ten you know what I mean? I would see teenagers that look like they're 12, but the kid's 16. You know what I mean? Because, and I'm not saying that this is good, that this girl looked like a two-year-old. This is too young. You know, in this case, it's different. In this case is obviously not feeding this child. But just to take that into consideration, you know, they, they, they said that they were vegetarian. And I don't know how much of that is obviously not that true because there was meat. <laughs> in the fridge so i don't know although jennifer was the only one was the one implicated in the beating by abigail sarah confessed and said she was the one who spanked her she claimed she was uh she only meant to strike abigail once but it got out of control um, oh wow they were, i just got, I got a picture of both of them pretty good looking women sarah uh, subsequently pleaded guilty to domestic assault and was fined three hundred dollars three hundred dollars as well as being placed on probation and forced to undergo counseling three hundred dollars how do you get fined three hundred dollars for starving a kid wow the day after the court case was resolved jennifer and sarah permanently removed the kids from public school to be homeschooled later that year after completing the terms of a probation the family moved to west lynn oregon where sarah got a job at cole's in 2013 so a friend of the Hart family later identified as alexandria agripolis sorry for basking that name reported the Harts for abuse and neglect saying the children were deprived of food as punishment According to Alexandra, Jen was unnecessarily cruel and ran the family like a military boot camp. Later on, people pointed out how wooden and regimental and regimented how wooden and regimented the children behaved in this video. So there's a video here. Let me see if I could see it or we could hear it. Oh, my it. This is a Bring celebration to meditation Giving me things for all creation we are, so for. we are so provided for We are so provided for We are so provided for We are so Okay, that is creepy as hell d- uh, Due to the whole nature of everything It's a long video Minute and forty five seconds, but the kids are singing, they do look a little like I don't know if you heard what they were singing, we are so provided for, we are so provided for. Um, another uh a mistake I made, uh, I said they were there was some I thought one of them was white. They all the kids are African American. So the two ladies are white, the all the kids are African American. She said, Okay, let's keep going. That kinda creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> Man, that creeped me out a little bit. She said the children were severely punished for common child-adolescent behaviors such as laughing too loudly. Jen would punish them by, for example, not allowing them to speak for an entire day or forcing them to stand in a corner or stare at a wall for an extended time period. Additionally, two other women who knew the family also reported that she saw the hearts punishing their children by withholding food from them. It was also reported that Jennifer specifically disliked Hannah and marcus but favored Devontae, and were and were more lenient with him i never understood that whole oh you're going to bed without supper thing you know what i mean like the whole food deprivation thing even back in the day you would have you you're going to bed without supper he couldn't tell me man i would go crazy i think that's why i was kind of a good i was kind of a good kid you know um, well, I wanted to go all the time, you know, I, was, I did kid stuff, but I don't know, crazy, <laughs> man. When individually interviewed by caseworkers, uh, case the children were very reserved and gave nearly identical answers to questions. All of them denied having been abused and said if they got in trouble, their mothers made them meditate for five minutes. As part of the CPS investigation, Oregon Child Welfare Services had all six kids assessed by a doctor. Five of the six were so small their weight and height wasn't even listed in the growth chart for kids their age. Oh my goodness. However, nothing medically wrong with them was found and the case was closed with no follow-up. Jennifer was very active on social media, especially Facebook and Instagram. Most of her posts depicted her family as happy and inspirational with many stories about how close-knit everyone is. Um, there's a picture of the whole family, all the kids there. There's one white kid. I don't know who that is. There. Kindness and contagious. Let's spread it. That's the picture on Jennifer's Facebook. Later, it was determined that most of the stories were lies and that most of the photos on her social media were staged, as a lot of people do. The family also actively participated in the music festival scene and regularly attended social justice protests. Devante would hold up a sign saying, free hugs, and offer hugs to any stranger who asked for one. In November 2014, the family attended a protest in Portland over the shooting of Michael Brown, a teen from Ferguson, Missouri. Devontae had his free hugs sign on display and offered to hug an officer in the Portland Police Department who were there to monitor the event. A photo of the two hugging was published in an Oregon newspaper and went viral, being seen by millions across the globe. Oh, wow. Due to the resulting publicity, the hearts moved out of Oregon to Woodland, Washington, Sarah, still kept her job at Coles, which was only a few miles away over the state line. Uh, According to a neighbor, neighbor, Bruce DeKalb, the children were never seen outside, and the only time they were... They were was when Devontae was outside doing yard work. Wow. In July 2017, Hannah appeared at the DeKalb home in the middle of the night saying she jumped out of the second story window of her house and that she was in need of help. She told the neighbors that Jennifer and Sarah were racist and abusive and were starving her and her siblings. Before the DeKalbs could contact authorities, the Hart family, including the other children ran at their residence and took Hannah home. Oh my goodness. The next morning, the entire family returned again and Hannah presented an apology letter to Bruce DeKalb. The letter said that she was sorry for telling lies to get attention and that she was just stressed out because two other family cats had recently died. Oh, I got a picture of the letter here. Wow. Several months later, in March of 2018, Dana DeKalb reported that, that Devante reportedly showed up at their house asking for food. He said everything Hannah had told them was true, and that Jane and Sarah withheld food from them, sometimes for days as punishment. On the morning of March 23rd, the decalves called CPS and reported the hearts for child abuse and neglect due to what the children had told them. A few hours later, social workers went to the heart house and noticed they appeared to be home. Noticed they appeared to be home, however, no one answered the door. Sometime after, the hearts left their residence and went to their deaths. The next day at 8 a.m., it was reported the family was in Newport, Oregon. They then took Route 101 all the way until they reached Leggett, California. From there, they took Route 1 all the way to Fort Bragg, California. They stayed in the area until the morning of March 25th, when Jennifer was spotted purchasing groceries at a Safeway uh, store. And th- that night, Jennifer drove the family off the cliff. There were no survivors. The cause of death for everyone was determined to be blunt force trauma with six of the eight victims suffering from internal decapitation, which was, which is a separation of the spine from the base of the skull. Oh, there's a picture of the car down there. This isn't, this is bad. Since Devante was never found, there was some speculation if he was murdered or died sometime before the wreck and that they may have been in that, that and that may have been the event that prompted Jennifer to drive off the cliff. Oh my goodness! There was no evidence to support this theory, however, and the coroner's inquest determined the based that based on the circumstantial, it was most likely that Devontae perished in the car along with the rest of the family. Wow! You just never the, the family pictures look look like they look happy. A year, I can't believe it says, a picture says a thousand words, man. I don't believe that anymore. A year after the crash, it was officially ruled that the deaths of the six children were homicides and the mothers were suicides. Case closed. Oh, my goodness. Wow. This is, this is crazy. This is crazy. That was insane. Um, So, this lady essentially, I mean, you, you never know, um... You never know what's going on with people, man. The pictures in this story the pictures were actually if you look at the pictures, they're really nice, you know, um, like just a regular family you know they got the the, the two ladies there that adopted these kids um you know they thought there was it five of them I think it was and but I mean, I don't know, you know. You gotta believe you gotta believe the kids. There are times when kids will say something out of the order. I have children, okay, I know. There are times when kids will lie. Don't don't think kids don't lie, okay? Kids kids are great manipulators. Um, and, you know, it happens. And if you believe that it doesn't, then you're very naive and the world's gonna eat you alive. But kids do lie sometimes. You know, to get the, to get the whatever they want. They, they feel like, okay, if I say this, then I'm going to get this. In this case, I don't know. It feels like a little extreme. maybe. I, but, again, I don't know the mental health of these kids. I'm not a mental health professional. But just from what I've learned throughout the years, my mom is a mental health uh, professional. She has a master's degree and all that stuff and that. But um, just from what I've seen or what I've read, from just this story, because it's the only time I've heard this story, and I remember that viral picture, matter of fact, I remember that viral picture, and that's probably the picture I will use on the cover of the podcast, so if you're looking at that picture, then um, that's the picture I will use, but um, I don't know, man, I mean, I you know I feel like CP the child protective services could have responded or acted a lot faster, you know what I mean? Could have acted a lot faster. Could have reacted a whole lot faster than this. Um, They could have done more. Could have you know? I don't know, man. They just they just could have done more. They could have came and uh, because there's a lot of times where I feel child protective services. And I know because my oldest son, uh, he has a kid, uh, he went through, you know, right now, uh, he's getting into a divorce. And the mom would say, oh, he's an abuser protector, he's whatever. And I'm not because he's my son, but I know he's not abused. I mean, I've seen him, he's like the best, at, he knows how to do girls' hairs. <laughs> That's how you know you have a good dad when he knows how to do your, when he knows how to do girl hair because he has a daughter and he has no choice but to do her hair, braids and whatever she wants, you know, comb it really nice. That's how you know, pretty much that okay, he's on his stuff he takes. It's not easy to do a woman's hair, so, you know, he takes Ibiza stuff. He's always, you know, always with her when they were together. You know, always taking her out to this and never talk bad to her. Actually, she was. I used to be like, man, you need to put your foot down with this little girl. She's like, walking all over you, you know. But her mom wanted to say, oh, he's abusive. Well, child protective services came to their investigation, found nothing. They actually, they actually said something to the mom, like, hey, man, you need to stop this. You know what I mean? Because we've done like numerous investigations, found nothing. You know, and it's the mom was right. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but child protective services sometimes it's like. It's like the 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 situations that don't need where the parents don't really need the kid to be taken away or don't need all this all this uh, harassment from CPS. They get it. They get all the harassment. They get all. The, I've seen it. I've seen. It. I used to work in a jail for years, so you know I've been, I'm around all these situations. You know, you got some good parents. Uh, something may have happened where they whatever somebody called them for whatever reason or whatever. And they come and they do oh, hell, we're taking the kids but you got these children these people I don't know if they didn't want to harass them and because they were trying to be politically correct, you know what I mean they oh no, we're not gonna harass them you know you got you got two two you know two um uh two, two people from the LGBTQ community you know it's it's taboo if you say something. You you're gonna have the whole LGBT community. Like, oh, it's because they're it's because they're gay or whatever. Maybe that's what they thought. They were like, hey, just leave it alone. I don't think they're doing anything. Well, this is the result of if that's the way they were thinking. I hopefully not. I don't think so. But if that's the way they were thinking, this is the result of letting um, letting uh, political correctness scare you. And this is not a political podcast, so. But if that's what it was, um, if it wasn't just blatant neglect, I don't know what it is. Uh, there's some places where Child Protective Services is harder than the other ones. It's more stricter. Like I think in New York, they're more, I don't know, more on it. Um, over here, I'm not too sure. Um, I mean, as, mm, I've only dealt with this one case and then seen the rest. I don't I've got to get more stories of here, but um, I don't know. I gotta see, but anyway, this is a that's a crazy case. I had never heard that one before. I had never heard that one before. So, um, man, it's fine. These kids, man. Why would you take the kids with you if you don't, man? I just give them up. I think they just wanted that that money, you know that that they get for the adoption, you know they get thirty grand a year with thirty grand a year. Some people let that money get to them. I don't know what it is, man. I don't want to say that, but it still is a disheartening case. It is a you know every case. Anything that has to do with true crime, any murder there's nothing good about it, right? Just be honest. Ooh, but anyway, don't forget to like and subscribe, guys. Follow me on social media, on the Twitters and on the Instagrams. My social media is cigar underscore Ralphie. That's just my regular social media, just so you could follow me and just see me. You know, I don't really, I don't post too much, but just follow me. You know, cigar underscore Ralphie. If you got any true crime things you want, you know, want me to talk about or anything, I'll, I'll investigate it. I will talk about it. Also follow me on the um, on the Twitters Cigar Ralphie TV, Cigar Ralphie TV. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Yeah, I got a Snapchat. I don't really. <laughs> I'm on I I don't know, on Snapchat um Cigar Ralphie. So Cigar Ralphie everything Cigar Ralph Cigar underscore Ralphie Cigar Ralphie. So, but go ahead and follow me on that man. And as always. If you have any comments or anything, you can go on Anchor FM and leave uh, comments, audio comments. You can record, I think it's a two-minute, maybe one or two-minute message. I will put it on the podcast in the end if you guys know anything about it or anything like that. Um, Also, I don't normally ask for donations, but to keep this going, any donation, you can do it through Anchor FM. You can donate through Anchor for the podcast. Keep going, anything, a dollar. I don't know how, I think I don't know what the minimal donation anchor lets me do is. But, you know, any donation, so I can keep this going, I can get to the point where I could just do this more often, get better investigations and better stuff, because it does take a lot to get this going, and equipment, material, you know, a lot of things, all right? So if you like true crime, follow me on social media, and I will see you on the next you